You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Until we see it as sin, we don't get serious about it. Unless I see that my fighting and quarreling, it's a problem with me. No matter what they did, no matter what she did, no matter what he did. It's an internal conflict here that I got to deal with before the Lord. And I got to see it as sin. I got to see the slander as sin. I got to see the independent planning as sin. As believers and followers of Christ, we rely solely on God's Spirit to convict us of the different areas of sin in our lives. Once we receive this conviction, we then go on to do what's necessary to repent of it and remove it from our lives. However, as Pastor Danny will teach you in his message today, recognizing our convictions as sin in the first place is crucial to our success. In his study, you'll learn that unless we recognize our shortcomings as sin, we'll have a hard time repenting from them. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of James, chapter 4, with today's edition of The Living Word. You can't find a scripture to tell you what kind of house to buy. You can't find a scripture to tell you how much to pay for that house. You can't find a scripture to tell you where to live, what job to take. There are a lot of decisions in life that you just don't have a specific scripture. That is why we have passages like James, chapter 4 confronting us with independent planning, making decisions in life without considering the Lord. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will. I've told you before, I'm going to remind you again, whether you like it or not, my mother and my grandmother, my grandmother practically raised me because of my mother being a single mom for a a few years anyway. Uh, And anyway, my mom and my grandmother, they didn't leave me one red cent. Not one red cent. And I'm not concerned about that because they left me something far more valuable. They left me examples of women who knew God. They passed on examples of women of faith. And I I, I can hear it. I can hear both of them. And they did this regularly, regularly, either beginning a sentence or ending a sentence. Here's what they would say. The Lord willing. The Lord willing. The Lord willing. They wanted God's direction in life. They wanted God's blessing. They didn't want to move and make decisions without the Lord being in it. There's a great proverb. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Now, come on, say this with me and think about what we're reading here. Are you ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Isn't that a great scripture? That's a good one to put to memory. In all your ways, God is concerned about the decisions we make in life. About what house we buy. About what car we buy. About what what direction we take. What job we take. Where we live. He's concerned about those things. You don't have to go crazy with it. And every minute of every day, be afraid to take a step. That's not what God wants. But the overall pattern of one's life, we want to consider the Lord. 
Lord, I want to acknowledge you in this. And if you don't want me to move, Lord, Lord, you show me. And sometimes it's just a lack of peace. If you don't have peace in a decision, don't, don't, make, don't move. <laughs> Where do you have peace? If it's in clear violation of the word, well, obviously, don't move. Now, here's where we are. Fighting and quarreling, slander, and independent planning. Did you know that every one of those have a common denominator, at least something in common? Every one of them. You know what it is? Every one of them involve the tongue. I know we've already talked about the tongue in, in, in James, but here it comes again. Fighting and quarreling involves the tongue. Slander involves the tongue. Making decisions in life and saying, let's go here and let's do that. No, all involves the tongue. But you know what? Not only is that in common with all three, I'll tell you what else is in common with all three. Every single one, and they're all sin, by the way, they're all sin. Every single one is a result of pride. Everyone. But let me tell you the good news. There's one last thing that's in common with all three of these sins. And that is that the cure for them is right in the text. And I intentionally skipped over it, and now we go back to it. Remember what I said, I believe the interpretation and translation for verse 5 should be, that it's speaking about our natural base nature. That makes sense as well when you read that and then you go to verse 6. But he gives us more grace. Thank God for grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Now, we're not going to take a lot of time, but there are four specific things there. I think the first thing is not the first one in order, but I think it's the first one that should happen and does happen before the other three, and that is I've got to realize my sin, an emphasis on sin. Until we see it as sin, we don't get serious about it. Unless I see that my fighting and quarreling, it's a problem with me, no matter what they did, no matter what she did, no matter what he did. It's an internal conflict here that I got to deal with before the Lord. And I got to see it as sin. I got to see the slander as sin. I got to see the independent planning as sin. Godly sorrow, that's what needs to happen. That's what 2 Corinthians 7.10 talks about, produces repentance, repentance. And what does that look like? Well, one step on the way to real repentance is in the text, it's humility. Humility, you can put that up there. Humble myself. What does it mean to humble yourself? When I humble myself, here's what I do in essence. I deny myself. I deny myself. And by the way, that is what Jesus said is a prerequisite for being his disciple. In other words, if I'm going to live the Christian life, here's what Jesus said. If you're going to follow me, deny yourself and take up your cross daily 
deny yourself. Third, I submit. And this is where the obedience comes in. Philippians 2 says, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient. Here's what it looks like. I'm no longer fighting. I'm no longer quarreling. I'm no longer running my mouth. I'm no longer doing the independent planning. If it's with my wife and we're fighting and quarreling or whatever it might be for whatever reason, and let's say it is her fault. But when I humble myself, realize my, my issue, humble myself, and I'll submit to God, guess what? The conflict with me, for me, is over. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, but you're going to get crucified. <laughs> and very true, you may be crucified. You may be crucified. That's true. But you're at peace. You see what God's saying? You're at peace. You've dealt now with the, the conflict in you, in you. And the conflict in me is what's causing me to go back at the conflict in them. And then one last thing. He says, resist the devil. James chapter 1, reminder, verse 14 but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he's dragged away and enticed. It's our own evil base nature that we have to deal with. But then we have Satan looking to entice us. What does that sound like? If you humble yourself and submit, you're going to be crucified. They're going to take advantage of you. If you do this, then they're going to get away with something. You need to keep pointing it out. In other words, Satan's going to try to talk us out of doing the first three, or if we do the first three, he's going to try to talk us out of continuing to do the first three. He's going to try to take us back to the way it was, and there's going to be conflict all over again. And God's saying, resist him. Resist him. Draw near to God. You keep doing the first three. <laughs> and especially the middle two. Humble myself. Deny myself. Daily. Submit to God. Daily. Thanks for joining us today to study the book of James. Each time you open the word, there's potential to learn. The New Testament letter from James is no exception. In its pages, you'll continue to find advice and practical application for living as a follower of Jesus. James emphasizes that faith is more than just words. It needs to be backed up by action. You live your faith out every day in how you interact with your family, friends, and co-workers, and what you spend your time doing. We hope that today you've been encouraged by the words of this book and that you've been inspired to show your faith to the world around you. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Pastor Danny Hodges right now, you can do so by visiting our website ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page where you can watch a number of Calvary Chapel Fellowship services and subscribe to our channel. 
Come connect with us on social media as well. You'll find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join in the conversations there. Feel free to connect with us too, and we'll add some encouragement to your newsfeed. You'll be able to find links to all of these at our website, ccfstpete.church. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us, and we hope that you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.